Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached week one of the NFLs. We are here Thursday, September 7th. Chiefs-Lions kicking off the 2023 NFL campaign tonight, but our focus is on the Burgundy and Gold, hosting the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon to kick off a campaign in Washington to where obviously it's important for Ron Rivera's future in Washington. Obviously, we want to see Sam Howell. We want to see Eric Bieniemy in the structure of this offense in real live game action that counts. We want to see Chase Young healthy. We want to see the young athletes in the secondary fly around and make plays. But more so, the atmosphere that's expected at FedEx Field this week I just can't wait to see it. It's been a long time coming. There hasn't been a so-called home field advantage at FedEx Field really since RG3 was running the show when they won the division title back in 2012. I know there's been some good times with Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith over the last five to seven years, farther back than that, but it really has been a decade since this organization this community, the entire, this is the DMV has been excited about football. And really, there's no better team to host and to get out on a good foot for your 2023 campaign than an organization like the Arizona Cardinals that has had a complete overhaul in their front office, welcoming in new head coach Jonathan Gannon that you all know are familiar with, the former defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, the reigning NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles, new offensive coordinator in Drew Petzig, new defensive coordinator in Nick Rallis. Everything is different in Arizona this year. New starting quarterback, Kyler Murray is hurt. We expected Colt McCoy to potentially be the starter, our old friend Colt McCoy. It is going to be Josh Dobbs, newly acquired Josh Dobbs, with rookie Clayton Toon, a day three pick out of Houston, to be QB2 as they just a snap away this weekend. But before we get into the Arizona Cardinals, because we have reached game previews, if you're new here, first off, welcome. We are going to go into game previews every single week. Thursdays and Fridays are going to be game previews. Not just 10,000 foot view of who's the starting quarterback, who do they have on their defense. No, 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 no. We're going to go into every single positional group. We're going to go into matchups for Washington to take advantage of, potentially Arizona to take advantage of, and every single team throughout Washington's 17-game slate. Regular season, and hopefully as we move towards the new year, expecting playoffs and playoff football, previewing playoff games that we just haven't seen in Washington at a consistent clip for a long, long time. So, Where I want to start today, though, is welcoming our new friend back to Washington in Jamison Crowder, who was signed to the practice squad this week. Dax Milne has been battling some injuries, 
And right now, there is not a clear punt return, kick returner on this roster. Byron Pringle can do some. But right now, it looks like he's going to be a guy that is primarily used as a wideout. And that weapon X, similarly to how they expect Curtis Samuel to be used in this offense. But bringing in Jamison Crowder, someone that has had nearly already a decade's worth of experience in the NFL. Remember, fourth-round pick of Washington out of Duke back in 2015. Spent a handful of seasons in Washington. Four seasons in Washington, if you will. Was good in D.C. Young, guy that lived in the slot. Good feet. Just a yards-after-catch guy. Sure hands over the middle of the field. Was explosive at times. I think you look back to that, just his ability on special teams in the past to potentially take a kick 25 yards here, return one back here. That's not the same guy. And he's also had a hard time staying healthy. I mean, since he left Washington following the 2018 campaign, when he was only 25 years old, he spent three seasons in with the Jets. And then last year was with the Bills and only played four games. And really has not played a full season of games since 2019 with the Jets. And the production has not been there. He caught six balls last year. And caught 51 in 2021 for 447 yards and two touchdowns. But the production just has not been there. And the health that we talked about even when he was in D.C. Just is up in the air. Especially towards his last season in Washington where he only played nine games. So it's consistently something with Jamison Crowder. But with him being a familiar face in Washington, understands, right, the facility. It's just familiar. It's familiar faces. Now, it's been a while, right? A lot of new changes in offense and defense. Guys that he was here with are no longer here. But the fact of the matter is, is that he is somebody that could be that potential field flipper now approaching nearly 31 years old, just turned 30, but on that backward trend right of a career and that other side of the hill if you will but if he's active Sunday I expect him to return punts and potentially return kicks Washington needs somebody to do that and that's a question that we've had this entire offseason Kaz Allen is on the practice squad Mitchell Tinsley's on the 53 Terry McLaurin's not returning punts or kicks neither is Curtis neither is Jahan Dotson I mentioned Byron Pringle at the top he could in a pinch but a veteran like Jamison Crowder again 30 years old about 5'9", 175 pounds, doesn't have the burst that he had coming out of Duke years ago when we saw him returning kicks in Washington. But if you just want somebody back there with short hands to maybe get you 10, 15 extra yards, get take you from the 20 to 35 or the 25 to the 50, you're, you're flipping the field there. So we will see these next few days if Jamison Crowder is active or not on game day. Again, Washington signed him just a few days ago from to, to the practice squad, excuse me, and we will see. If our old friend, Jameson Crowder, is in the Burgundy Gold when they face off against Arizona. So let's move into this full game preview, uh, again, of the Arizona Cardinals. And where it starts, bottom line, is is at quarterback. And again, we last year, Kyler Murray, Trace McSorley, Josh Dobbs, excuse me, Colt McCoy. I, just the names went on and on and on for this Arizona offense. And now with Josh Dobbs starting at quarterback. He is someone that is not going to be a static pocket passer. When you even look back to his days in Tennessee and in Cleveland and his days in college at Tennessee, he was somebody that was able to move the pocket. And when you have that and you look at this front five, which we'll get to, 
He's someone that can extend plays and play some sandlot ball for you and make things happen. Washington's front four, I expect to dominate this football game. But if Josh Dobbs, you have a quarterback in the backfield, inside the pocket that can, has some NFL experience, has some dual threat ability, and can also make throws outside of the pocket. Now, again, limit expectations here for Josh Dobbs. He's a below average NFL starter. Arizona's really just preparing for next April to where the most likely select a guy in Caleb Williams from USC or Drake May from North Carolina as their future of the franchise. If indeed Caleb Williams comes out and wants to be drafted by Arizona, there's a story that broke this week. We will see what the quarterback and reigning Heisman Trophy winner does from USC. But the bottom line is, is Josh Dobbs can make a few plays. So this outside this edge, this perimeter of the defense, even look back to the linebackers with Jamin Davis and Cody Barton and Derek Forrest, Khalid Hudson, guys that we're going to see this week, being disciplined on the edges, being disciplined with your eyes. And especially with Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and I hopefully we see Chase Young in full health. He's been battling the stinger. I've told you guys weeks ago, my conversations with individuals inside the building, Chase is good to go. He said it all week long. Now he's just looking to be officially cleared by the doctors, and we're going to see 99 out there wreaking havoc. That's what we want to see. We really have not seen Chase Young full health since 2021, the early portions of that campaign. Two years. And really, 2020, the dominant play that he had in his, in his rookie campaign where he won Defensive Rookie Player, of the, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Excuse me. We want to see everybody full strength. This is week one. How this roster looks right now, and even moving into weeks, shoot, two and three, four. It's going to be different. Injuries are going to happen. Guys are going to miss time. But again, it's to who and to how long. That is the biggest thing. So let's get it back on track here with Arizona's offense. Again, Josh Dobbs is going to be the starter under center. But where their offense is going to get started and where they're going to look to really move the ball is in the run game. And that starts with James Conner. Former uh, big-time, big-time production in college out of Pittsburgh. Went to his local team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, just a heck of a story for him and his background and what he's come back from. But he's a big, bulking ball carrier that isn't afraid to stick his face in and pass pro. Someone that's going to stay inside the tackles and meet guys in the hole and run you over. And, and is a guy that consistently falls forward. He's not uber explosive, but he's just someone that's probably going to get upwards. I expect a 15 to 20 carries and to holster this workload on early downs to get them hopefully in their perspective, four or five yards to open up some play action, to open up some deep shots to the receivers that we're going to get to in a minute. So James Conner James Conner is their starter. Keontae Ingram, rookie last year out of USC. He's got a little bit more juice to him. He was a late day three pick last year. So someone that the expectations are hampered again on him, but he's someone that can come in, provide some, some value in space, a lot of success, big time recruit coming out of high school. So he is someone that has that juice that you want as an RB2, RB3, and Keontae Ingram has that. As we move forward down the position depth chart at tight end, familiar face for us here in Washington with Zach Ertz, obviously a longtime member of the Philadelphia Eagles, now has been in Arizona for a while. I'm shocked, really, to see him still in Arizona, someone that I maybe expected to be moved this offseason with Arizona's uh, GM, Monty Austinford, giving him an opportunity to go somewhere and compete, considering the fact that really the expectations for Arizona this year are to finish last in the basement of the NFC West and potentially have, again, the first and second overall picks in next year's draft. 
But Zach Ertz is going to be their tight end one. You guys know what he offers. He's going to be a sure set of hands over the middle of the field. Really good blocker as that wide tight end. Behind him is Trey McBride, guy they drafted on day two last year out of Colorado State. Um, wasn't impressive as a whole in his rookie season, but they expect more out of him working into this year. A lot of the attention is on Zach Ertz. So for him to work on that, you know, the not going to be on a Cam Curl or Derek Forrest to separate. It's going to be on a Jamin Davis or Cody Barton or having to bring on a Kalik Hudson or another type of athlete, a Quan Martin potentially if he has to come over into the slot. Guys like that, that he's going to be working over to where lower on the depth chart, if you will. He's not going to be seeing a lot of Cam Curl, right? He's not going to be seeing a lot of Derek Forrest in certain situations. The prioritization of this defense is going to be on shutting down the run game and shutting down Zach Ertz over the middle of the field because Josh Dobbs is going to have guys in his face, I expect, all afternoon long. And it's not just going to be getting pressure from your front four. We're going to be seeing some bare fronts. We're going to be seeing some guys sent in the A and B gaps. We're going to be seeing some some rat blitzes off the corner, at the corner position. See Emmanuel Forbes fly in there and make a play. See Benjamin St. Juice fly in. We'll see. Right now, Kendall Fuller and, and Emmanuel Forbes are the starting outside corners. I expect Benjamin to potentially play some inside, some outside. Same thing with Quan Martin. It's going to be a lot of... Guys playing a lot of different spots this week and moving forward. But bottom line, at the tight end position, getting guys his face, holster that 5-10 to 10 yard area of the offense to where I expect Josh Dobbs to target a ton because of the pressure that he's going to face with Washington's front four. Now let's move to the exterior and the wideouts room that if you look at it from, again, a 10,000 foot view, it's a, it's a group that doesn't scare anybody, but when you have a guy like Hollywood Brown as your number one receiver, a guy they traded last year to acquire from Baltimore, he's someone that's a three-level threat that can take the top off a of defense at any time. And when I look at Washington's corners right now, the only, only corner that Washington has that can run hip-to-hip with Hollywood Brown, or at least stay within the vicinity, is Emmanuel Forbes. It's not Benjamin St. Just, it's not Kendall Fuller, and really our safeties group with, with Derek Forrest and specifically uh, Cam Curl, they're not elite athletes, they're not burners, they're not someone that can flip their, flip their hips and, and pick up the 4-3 real quick within that five-yard window. Hollywood Brown, I expect Washington to use that contact window to their advantage this week. Not allowing him to get and have free releases on the outside, not playing five to seven yards off to where he can kick it into gear and work up to that high 4-2 speed that he has and has showcased in his career to where all Josh Dobbs has to do is you bring in two extra guys for protection and he's beating the safety over the top and Josh is trying to lay it out 45, 50 yards down the field and you make a play. Whether he catches it or not, maybe get a DPI. I expect Arizona to take some shots this week because at the end of the day, Washington's secondary is still young. Kendall Fuller's experience... But Cam Curl, Benjamin St. Just, Forbes, Quan Martin, Percy Butler, these guys are all relatively young in the grand scheme of the NFL. But all of them also have experience. Obviously, Forbes and Quan Martin are going to get their feet wet quick. But Cam and St. Just, and obviously Kendall Fuller on the opposite side, they've been in the league a while. And they've seen this stuff. They've seen burners like Hollywood Brown. So... He is going to be their focal point in the passing game. They drafted Michael Wilson out of Stanford. Just a really good kid. I, I've mentioned him on the podcast before in the summer when I did my rookie series on Twitter Spaces where I interviewed Mike Wilson. Just one of the most humble and passionate rookies you'll find really in the league this year. Um, big kid, big body. 
uh, over six foot, just just a good athlete and someone that should earn some targets this week. He's slated right now to start opposite of Hollywood Brown as that wide receiver too. So Hollywood's going to be that X and, and Michael Wilson's going to be that opposite. And I just, he could give potentially, if, if Forbes is on him, if Quan Martin ends up on him, Kendall Fuller, he's got a bigger body, understands how to box out corners. Um, I don't expect them to take a ton of shots with him down the field, but that 15 to 20 yard range of the offense, some back shoulder fades, maybe a slot fade for him, allow him to go up and use his body, maybe some targets in the red zone if they get there. Um, Not a yak guy, not overly explosive, but just someone that understands leverage, understands how to run routes, was really, really good in one-on-ones down at the Senior Bowl. And if you showcase well there against rookies that are going to be in the NFL, you know, he's... He's a good ball player. There's a reason why they took him in the third round, again, out of Stanford. Extremely smart kid. Not, not just saying that because he went to Stanford, but just someone that owns, has owned his craft, someone that continues to work on his craft to master it. And now in this Arizona offense, he's someone that's going to get an opportunity as a, as a young guy in this league. So with him, uh, as a third receiver, Rondell Moore. Um, man, Rondell Moore, guys, if you remember him in that freshman season he had at Purdue, years ago, uh, what a talent he was. Lightning in the bottle, electricity at any moment. Um, but his battle injuries since he came to the league as a second rounder back in 2021. But he is somebody that, you think of a Curtis Samuel in Washington's offense. And Rondell Moore, from an athletic profile perspective, blows Curtis Samuel out of the water. Um, not a big guy at all, but just, as I mentioned, lightning in a bottle. Can take it the distance, whether he's at the 20 whether he's at the 30, midfield, it does not matter. Getting the ball in Rondell Moore's hands is going to be a priority of Josh Dobbs this week. On screens, on quick little hitches, if they want to take the top off of him from out of the slot or they flex him out to the boundary, we will see. But Rondell Moore has a skill set that works in the NFL nowadays. Maybe a couple reverses. I mentioned designated touches. Maybe he's in the backfield. They want to offer some unique looks with James Conner. Who knows? But Rondell Moore is a guy that deserves touches in an NFL offense. Again, there's a reason why they took him early in the second round in 2021. He just has got to stay healthy and receive the necessary workload and snaps to actually be within an offensive game plan. So he is someone to watch on Sunday, just specifically with how young Washington secondary is. And the athlete that he can be is just, he's just super athletic and can take the top off of a defense at any moment and break a screen into a 60-yard house call just in the blink of an eye. As we continue down the receiver depth chart, guys like Zach Pascal, who used to be with the Eagles, used to be with the Colts, and Greg Dortch, he's going to get some some targets. He actually didn't have a bad year at all last year. He's someone that is super underappreciated, I think underrated in this league because he has played in Arizona. Again, not the biggest guy in the world. It's really a trend of this Arizona uh, skill group, not the biggest guys in the world. Similarly to Washington, um, they don't have a ton of height at the wide receiver position, not a lot of big bodies outside of Michael Wilson. But, you know, these receiver, wide receiver three, wide receiver four with Greg George and Zach Pascal, they've been in the league a little bit and they can make some plays also. So, yeah, ask anybody else, this receivers group is just, it's bad, it's terrible. Um, But they actually have some guys that can make some plays. And Washington's corner room, you know, I, I do expect them to play some press. Do expect them to be in man to make life hell on Josh Dobbs and let that front four, five, six, seven get after him. Um, but they got some guys that can make some plays on the back end. And again, this is the NFL. 
Guys belong in the NFL for a reason that can make some plays on the outside. So let's move up to the front five, a group that's going to be tested this week. I'm going to go from left tackle to right tackle. DJ Humphreys, first round pick all the way back in 2015. Elijah Wilkinson, Hajalti Froholt is their center. Will Hernandez, former uh, New York Giant, now again with Arizona starting at right guard. And then their first round pick we're going to get a look at is Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. Played left tackle last year for the Buckeyes. Going to slide over to right side. Not an easy transition for anybody, whether you're a first round pick like Paris Johnson or you're somebody even like Cornelius Lucas in Washington that can play both sides or moving from one side to the other or even like a Sam Cosby that's going from tackle to guard. It's not easy to switch spots along the offensive line. Whether you're going from tackle to tackle or guard to guard or whatever you're doing, inside out, outside in, it's just difficult to do. So he's going to be at right tackle, most likely working against guys like Chase Young and James Smith-Williams outside his right shoulder. Um, Just a bully at offensive tackle. Um, When you look back to to just him at, at Ohio State and his prospect profile, is just somebody that bullied people. Um, technically unrefined at this point, plays over his toes a little bit, um, but tries to win with his hands first, tries to win with leverage as much as he can, got good feet. Um, but if he gets you within his grasp and he's within, you're, you're within his shoulders and he's able to stay balanced and anchor those cleats in the ground, the rep is over. There's a reason why Paris Johnson, again, was a first round pick. Initially drafted to play left tackle, they tried him out at some guard, but he's gonna be on the arm side of Josh Dobbs in week one. So this is this front five. Doesn't move any needles for anybody, guys, especially within the interior with Elijah Wilkinson over to the right side with Will Hernandez, John Allen, Deron Payne, John Ridgeway. We're not going to see Phil Mathis. Um, they got to eat. They have to eat within the middle, both in the, and pushing the, the pocket from the interior and, and clogging those A and B gaps. Um, that is a commonality last year. It's going to be commonality this year. And as long as John Allen, Deron Payne are here, it starts with them within the middle and the big boys. That's why they were paid. That's why they're here. That's why they play like, you know, they look like all pros last year. I expect them to this year with more experience every single week, right? 93, 94 have to show up. So this front five for Arizona, I expect to be punished. I expect to be battered and bruised as we get towards that four o'clock hour. And hopefully, you know, Washington's up 15, 20 points as we creep towards that two-minute warning in the fourth quarter for them, for Washington to leave this ballgame 1-0. But it starts with this defensive front and making life hell for that front five, trying to create alleys in the run game. And of course, when Josh Dobbs go back, goes back to pass, getting hands in his face if you're not able to get around his body, get around his feet. And Montez Sweat, Chase Young, you drafted KJ Henry, Andre Jones, they're going to be most likely, not all of them are going to be active, but Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, one of the two of probably KJ and Andre are most likely going to be active. It's a rotation there. F.A. Obad is going to be there. Got to push the pocket consistently this week. Not allowing them to get any momentum because momentum is a scary thing in sports. As we work into that first and second quarter, you don't want to be down a touchdown. You don't want to be down 10 points. Giving them hope to say, oh, we can, we can compete in this game. Put your foot on the neck of the Cardinals. Starting out defensively, you're starting out offensively. Go down and score. That's the expectation here. Arizona does not have a good roster. So on offense and defense right now for Washington, it's a, it's a huge, huge game to get started off on the right foot, to go 1-0 and working into week two against a much tougher opponent traveling out to Denver to face Russell Wilson and the Sean Payton-led Broncos, who we will get into next week. So let's hop over to the defensive side of the ball. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a rough group. It's rough. 
It's it's just they it's it's rough. They lost Byron Murphy. He's with the Vikings. They lost Zach Allen. He's now with the Broncos. So we will see next week. This is just a roster that is not good. Isaiah Simmons, former first round pick out of Clemson, he's now with the New York Giants. He was someone that played all three levels. Worked and played nickel last year for them because it didn't work out at linebacker playing inside the box. It's just the talent right now and overall this scheme. I don't know what to expect um, from this Arizona defense. They come out in primarily 4-3. They come out in 3-4. They come out in that 4-2-5. What are they going to do? We will see. It's a brand new group. Um, But I just want to highlight some of the guys I can think to make some plays along this defense. Um, I look at inside linebacker. Kaiser White is a guy that's played in the league a long time. Um, from the Philadelphia Eagles came over. So he's got some experience. He's an athlete that can roam hash to hash. He's someone that can, again, just track down ball carriers, make TFLs, can rush the passer a little bit. Zaven Collins, you guys know the name, first round pick out of Tulsa back in 2021. Had some struggles the first few years of his career, but already working into year three. Um, linebacking position, guys, the NFL level is, is, is tough. It's tough. He's a big boy, but he can move um, really good downhill. He can also cover a little bit in space. You won't see him do him a ton but he's more so just kind of a bump and run type of guy. Um, but you don't want to see him flipping his, his hips a ton. If you're Jonathan Gannon, you don't want to see Zayvon Collins flipping his hips a ton in coverage. He can make some plays. He did so at Tulsa, but playing inside linebacker right now, that's where he, they want him. That's where they want him to live. And ask guys in the safeties room that we'll see in Buda Baker, one of the top safeties in football, has had some off-season just contract negotiations haven't gone his way. He's just somebody that wants, just wants an extension in Arizona or be traded. He asked for a trade, has not happened. He's explosive. Again, not the biggest guy in the world. Reminds me a lot of Jeremy Reeves within Washington's defense. Just someone that brings his lunch pail, fly downhill, blow your chin strap off. Then he can flip his hips and work in coverage too. But that's really one guy and that's at the roof. So that 10 to 15 yard area of the offense and east and west from hash to hash and sideline to sideline, Expect Washington to utilize those crossers, quick hitches, targets over the middle field to guys like Cole Turner and Logan Thomas if we see him this week. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson out of the backfield. That area, I expect Washington to utilize a ton and make those linebackers cover and make Buda Baker potentially come up in the box, which then opens up those one-on-one shots down the field with guys like Terry McLaurin. Hopefully we see him play. Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, the names go on and on. At corner, obviously we're going to focus always on the corners. Uh, Marco Wilson, fourth round pick out of Florida back in 2021, is going to start opposite of rookie Keytrell Clark, day three pick out of Louisville. Um, I sent some tweet out tweets out on my Twitter, underscore Ryan Fowler, if you don't follow me there already, of Keytrell earlier, uh, even during the pre-draft process and the preseason. He can play. Um, he can play nickel. He can play outside. He's going to be tasked with playing outside against Terry and Jahan. Um, good luck for Keytrell this week. I like Keytrell a lot as a player. He's a dog. He's an alpha on the perimeter, but NFL is a different ball game than playing at Louisville and the ACC. Um, going to be tested this week, right? Just like Emmanuel is. Doesn't matter that we're facing, you know, Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore, Mark, Michael Wilson. I talked about them earlier. It's it's a test. It's the NFL. Different, bigger, faster, stronger. Um, guys understands guys understand how to win leverage. Guys understand how to play above the rim. Box out, guys. Um, Keytrell can make some plays. And if Sam, you know, is late to his read, doesn't target the outside shoulder on a certain certain concept and he leaves it inside, Keytrell will pick it off if he's in position. Um, he can play a little bit. So again, day three pick out of Louisville. That is going to be their starting corners. Again, Keytrell Clark and Marco Wilson. Antonio Hamilton is a guy that's bounced off, on and off their practice squad. He's going to play mostly at nickel. Um, their CB3 and CB4, it's Starling Thomas, who they brought over off waivers 
from Detroit this offseason. Someone that was a UDFA out of UAB. He can fly. He runs mid-4-2s, legit speed on the perimeter. So you see him a lot on special teams, but he's that CB3, CB4. Uh, excuse me, CB4, really, with Antonio Hamilton being that nickel um, for this roster. Again, rookie out of UAB, going to be thrown into snaps. Again, this this roster, guys, not going to scare anybody. Um, they are expected to be the worst roster in football, worst win-loss record in, in, in football. It's just, they're struggling right now. Guys, it's an organization, it's in a rebuild. And for Washington's perspective, they, they got to win this football game. Not a must win, but might be a must win. Because you go 0-1, yeah, you go 0-1, and you got Denver and Buffalo and Philadelphia coming up. My goal right now for this Washington football team is to go 2-2 in this first month. Commanders have to go 2-2 in this first month, and I'd feel good about it. 1-3, ah, 0-4, can't go 0-4. 4-0, I'll be happy. 3-1, I'll be happy. But 2-2 is my expectation right now. Stealing one from Denver or Buffalo, or Philadelphia. We will see. It's the NFL. It's hard to win. Not writing anybody off. Beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia last year. You guys remember that on Monday Night Football. Philadelphia, are they going to be as good as last year? We will see. They play New England this week. We will see. But Washington right now has a roster to compete. But it starts on offense with Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy getting his feet wet. So that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Look, guys, we've reached it. We've reached week one. Long off season, the spring, the draft, free agency. It has been a long couple months. Training camp's done. Everything's done. We are focused on week one. Again, a couple more storylines to figure out as we creep towards Sunday. Jamison Crowder, the health of Chase Young and Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas. We will see. But expect a win this Sunday. The expectation should be a victory when we when we reach 415 kickoffs, 405 kickoffs, and that second window of games, Washington should be 1-0 as they prep for Denver, traveling out to the Mile High City next week. Arizona's not a good football team, but they are an NFL football team, traveling on the road from the opposite coast with new vibe around the commanders, a new quarterback, a new offensive coordinator. Tons of expectations. Tons of things to be positive about. But we also know how things work in D.C. Because in history, if history shows itself, it might be a nail-biter. Maybe closer than expected. I cannot sit here and say, oh, 20-point blowout, expect it. It's the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. It is not easy to win. Josh Dobbs, quarterback for the Cardinals that we will see this week, is someone that has experience in the NFL. They got some bodies on the outside. James Conner. Is a veteran NFL running back. Their issues really show up on defense. Buda Baker is one of the top two or three safeties in football. May not be two or three. One of the top safeties in football. That's playing with a chip on his shoulder because he wants to be somewhere else. We will see, guys. But the fact is, it is, it is week one. And expectations for everybody right now are Lombardi Trophy. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Always appreciate your reviews, your likes, your shares, and your subscribes. We're on every single podcast platform that you can find us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Again, if you don't follow me on Twitter, underscore Ryan Fowler. I will have an episode out for you guys Monday afternoon, recapping everything Washington Commanders, Arizona Cardinals, win, loss, or tie Monday afternoon. 
I will have a recap out for you guys. So enjoy week one. Enjoy college football on Saturday. A lot of games to keep an eye on. Of course, the headliner is Texas and Alabama rematch from last year. Guys, football has officially arrived. NFL week one, of course, Lions and Chiefs tonight. And then Sunday, one o'clock, FedEx Field, Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Commanders. The Burgundy and Gold kick off the Josh Harris era, Sam Howell, Eric Bieniemy, Manuel Forbes. Everyone's excited to see Emmanuel on the outside, make some plays, and just make life hell for the guys we mentioned earlier, Hollywood Brown, Mike Wilson, and Rondell Moore. So always appreciate you guys. I will talk to you on Monday. Enjoy week one. Like talk to you guys then with one and zero record heading into Denver. I am Ryan Fowler, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.